Hey there, this is Brian Zond, and welcome to my sermon podcast. I'm glad that you're interested in the sermons that I preach here at Word of Life Church in St. Joseph, Missouri. And if you ever feel inclined to help us by supporting us financially, you can do that at our website, wolc.com. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. You made it here in the snow. It was a beautiful, it's a beautiful snow. That was like a nine out of a, out of ten for snows, I think, as far as beauty goes. Um, as a modern person, I am cognizant of the fact that unless I deliberately try to do something about it, I live far too much of my life with a roof over my head and a floor under my feet, self-imprisoned and cut off from the high vault of heaven and God's good earth. And that's not good for my soul. So I try to, uh, I try to do something about it. I, I try to be deliberate about being outdoors. I know I talk about this a lot, but I, I actually think it's significant and it matters. And so I, I try to, you know, I like being in the woods. I like being in the mountains. I like going on long pilgrimage walks. But, you know, you can't do that all the time. So, so I've, I've adopted a new simple, it's a simple thing. It's very simple. But I've been doing it for, for a while now. And I try to, every night, just go outside in my backyard for just a few moments. You know, in the winter, it's, you spend less time, but it's all right. I just go outside and I look at the sky. That's what I do. Um, that, I, I took a picture. That's, that's just an iPhone picture of my, of my sycamore. I call it my sycamore. My sycamore calls me its human. It's been there a lot longer than I've been there. That's the mighty sycamore under a starry sky. I took that Monday night. But as I've been doing this, something's been happening. You know, sometimes it's cloudy, sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's cold, sometimes it's not. But as I stand there, just being present to creation, something's been happening. A word from elsewhere has come to me. It's not a thought in my head, but it's something that came from without and came then within. And, I, and I would, I've been hearing it every time I do it. And what it is, is I stand there and I behold what I'm seeing. And the word that comes is, it's all a gift. It's all a gift. James chapter 1 verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creation. It's all a gift, all of it, being, creation, your life, Forgiveness, immortality, and the final promise that at the end of all things, God will be all in all. It's all 
a gift. Everything God has is a good gift that comes down from above, from God. It's all a gift. God cannot not give his good gifts because God is love seeking expression. God had to create creation because he had to bestow his love upon it and through it. God's love comes from the beautiful dance between freedom and necessity. God loves freely. His love is entirely free. God loves freely, yet God's freedom in love compels God to create. It all comes from love. I mean, why is there something instead of nothing? Well, because in the beginning God said, but why does God bother? Because God is love seeking expression. So what is light? It's love in the form of photons. What is water but a liquid expression of the love of God? What is a mountain but the love of God in granite so much older than human sorrow? What is a tree but God's love growing up out of the ground? What is a bull moose? God's love, sporting spectacular antlers. What is a whale 50 tons of God's love frolicking in the ocean? Now, freedom allows for all kinds of other things. Everything from cancer cells to atomic bombs. But these marrings in the fabric of God's goodness do not have the final say. They are not everlasting. And regarding God's goodness in bestowing good gifts from above in his love, James says, there is no variation or shadow of turning. This is how God is. God is the good God who gives good gifts and it's all a gift. And there's no variation, there's no shadow of turning. This is the glory of the immutability of God's love. The God's love, does, God doesn't, God isn't moody. He doesn't mutate. He doesn't change He's always loving and he's always loving you. God has a single disposition towards you and it's one of unconditional, unchanging, unending love. Any picture of God that is any theology that depicts God as petty, capricious, vindictive, malicious is a distorted picture of God that is not telling us the truth. God has no thing for you but a good thing. If it comes from God, it's good. God has no thing for you, but if it comes from God, every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation. No shadow of turning. And if we can cultivate an ability to go through life with a holy awareness that it's all a gift, we will access a depth of joy and gratitude that most people live unaware of. One of the worst curses of modernity is its endemic cynicism. Oh, modernity is rife with it. Cynicism. It's terrible. I declare 2023 the year of no cynicism. You say, do you have the right to do that? I do. I declare 2023 the year of no cynicism. I'm so weary of it. Cynicism is not prophetic. It's just the early stages of becoming a terminal grump. 
I'm just, I'm just weary of everybody telling me all the time what's wrong with everything. This is the year of no cynicism. Because it's all a gift. Being. It's all a gift. Of his own will, he brought us forth. Of his own will, he brought us forth. Where did he, brought us forth from where? From the dread abyss of non-being. You might not have been, but here you are. This is a great mystery, but you're here because somehow you were invited to the party. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God said, let there be. Don't take it for granted. I mean, I have to play with language. If you'd stayed in the dread abyss of non-being, there would be no you, I know that, but you could have still been stuck in the dread abyss of non-being. But here you are. You're part of the party. So don't take it for granted, this phenomenon of being. Don't take it for granted. Don't despise it. Always hold the gift in reverent wonder. Being is, is the ground for every other blessing and God is the ground for being. I mean, you can't be blessed until you be. And you be because God called you forth of his will. God is I am who I am. I am that I am. You are that God called you. That he drew you. That he invited you. That he brought you forth. It's all a gift. Creation. God said, let there be. And now, God said, let there be. And now, there, there, are, there are 100 billion galaxies with 200 billion trillion stars that we know of. With this new, this new, uh, what's the name of the new telescope? Webb, thank you, James Webb Telescope. Some of the astronomers are saying that may double. What does that mean? Well, it, mean, it means this. Even right now we know there are more stars. Okay? Each you know, star is capable of having their own solar systems and planets. But each, there are more stars in the cosmos than there are grains of sand on the earth. That is incomprehensible. I, I don't mean incomprehensible in that it's, it's I mean in the most literal way. That is, we can't comprehend that. That, that's just, that's, it's <laughs> incomprehensible. So let's, 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 let's just bring it down to this one. We got this one star and this one solar system and this one little blue planet spinning around on a place we call earth, we call home. It's all a gift. All the little miracles. Green lichen growing on gray granite. It's all a miracle. It's all a gift. The smell of a pine forest after the rain. It's all a gift. That snow last night, that was, that was a magical snow. It wasn't a snowstorm with blowing. It was just coming straight down. 
Just a magic blanket coming down from the heavens to turn our little town into Narnia for a moment. It's all a gift. The feel, people make fun of tree huggers. I, I'm pro tree hugger. The feel of rough bark under your hands. You know, can, you, can you feel that? Centuries year old trees. Centuries old. That sycamore tree in my backyard is, we don't know. It's certainly well over 200 years old. Sycamores, you know, they take because they live about 500 years. It might be three, 400 years old. It's older than the United States of America. <laughs> the tree, I think, kind of has an ambivalence towards most of what goes on. Do they laugh? I heard this week, I heard a, I'm not going to say who he is because I don't know that he wants necessarily to be spread about. But I heard one of the world's most preeminent academic theologians say that he one time heard a tree laugh twice. He said, I wasn't high, I wasn't drunk. I heard a tree laugh. He said, that's inconceivable. Why? Why should it be so? Pay attention to the birds. That's what Jesus says. Jesus says, look at the birds. Look at them and think about them. Perry has almost a full-time job keeping that bird feeder filled because they, they have come to know that the Zond house has the best bird seed in the neighborhood. And we pay attention to the birds, like Jesus said. Pay attention to the sacred beauty of the skies, the deep spirituality of forests, mountains, and lakes, rivers, streams, and seas. Stand in awe of the cosmic mystery found in every trembling leaf and every grain of sand. It's all a gift. Your life. I mean, there could be a cosmos of 200 billion trillion stars and a creation brimming with beauty and still know you. So a lot of good that would do you to have this cosmos of 200 billion trillion stars brimming with beauty. But if you weren't here, you wouldn't get much out of it. But you are here. You have your life. It's a gift given to you. Don't return your ticket. It's a gift given to you. Don't despise it. Don't hate it. Don't regret it. Appreciate what a gift your life is. First of all, to you, your, your life is a gift to you. You didn't create it. You didn't ask for it. It was just given to you. But then understand that your life is also a gift to others. People love you. People want to be your friend. People want to enjoy good times with you. Your life is a gift to you and to others. Now, because your life is real, and your life is real, it's not, you're, not, you're not a scripted movie playing in God's head. You're not just part of God's latest Netflix that, that's already been scripted and produced and God's just watching it. No, because your life is real, it's a real thing, you have radical you have the radical freedom of choice, and you're also subject to the cruel vagaries of chance. That's part of it being real. 
that you have the radical freedom of choice and you are subject to the cruel vagaries of chance. Now, that not only allows for, but ensures that there will be some suffering in your life, at least for now. I don't believe it's eternal, but for now, that'll happen. As Frederick Buechner said, this is your life, beautiful and terrible things will happen. But even when terrible things happen, it's still worth it because the terrible is temporary. I know some terrible things have and will happen, but the terrible is temporary. The Apostle Paul says it like this. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. And this comes from a man who knew, that, knew a thing or two about suffering. I mean, he really suffered. But he didn't dwell on it and become bitter, moping around about how life sucks because every time I go somewhere, they throw rocks at me. I end up in jail. They're telling lies about me. Seems like every time I get on a ship, it sinks. Ah, he says, ah, he says, ah, in a momentary light affliction. It's, it's not worth comparing to the glory that's about to be revealed. In fact, all of creation is kind of just yearning and groaning and waiting for the full revealing of the children of God. Creation is still in the process of being created. We haven't reached what it's to be yet. It's still unfolding. And so, yes, there, there is suffering, but even that's going to be redeemed because 10 verses later, the apostle Paul famously says, God is able to make all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So it's going to be redeemed, but even now, don't miss out on the gift your life is. Life is not a game. Life is a gift. And the purpose of life is not to win, but to learn to love. Well, I, I feel sorry for these people. I mean, I know, they, I know they just, they were lied to. A scam was played on them. They got bamboozled. And somehow they got it in their head that life is a game. Right. A game, a competitive game. I've got to win. Don't want to be a loser. I've got to be a winner. <laughs> life is not a game. It's a gift. The purpose is not to win, but to learn to love well. But if you think life is a game and I've got to win, well, what if you win? So what? What do you win if you win at all? What if you win the whole world? Here it is. You won. You became the first trillionaire. You want it all. Here it is. It's yours. What do you win? Nothing. I mean, what does it profit you if you gain the whole world but lose yourself? Lose your soul. Lose your life. Lose what it's all about. I mean, what's the point of that? Life is not a game. It's a gift. The purpose is not to win, so stop competing. The purpose is to learn to love well. So... You learn to love well, or else your life will just flash by without meaning. Unless we love our life, just flashes by, no meaning. 
Your life doesn't suck. Your life is a gift. So go out and live it. And live it in love. I mean, love God with all your heart. If this is going to be the year of no cynicism, you have to be a worshiper. Cynics don't worship. I'll tell you that much. They pout and they point fingers and they criticize, but they don't worship. So love God with all of your heart and then start loving those around you. Love God with all your heart and then those around you, invite them into your love. Those that are, just those that are around you, love them. Accept them for who they are. Realize they too are a gift. Don't resent their presence, their existence, their life. Embrace them in your love. It's all a gift. Forgiveness, it's a gift. We all know, it's just funny how we all know Romans 3.23, even if you don't know the address, you'll know, you'll know it when I say what it is. For all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. That has entered our consciousness as like um, a major theological statement in and of itself from the Apostle Paul. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When actually that's just a clause in the point that Paul really wants to make. What he actually says is since, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that's, that's the predicament. Since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, the next verse, Romans 3, 24, they are now justified by his grace as a gift. The point isn't to, to emphasize all have sinned. Well, we know that. But the point is, since all have sinned, oh, since all have sinned, what does it say? They are now justified by his grace as a gift. As a gift. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And God does. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not counting their trespasses against them. God, forgive me. Okay. It's all a gift. Then there's that other famous one in Romans, Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is, and that's true. Sin carries its own punishment. We're more punished by our sins than for our sins. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God. There's, the, there's what you earn, I can't earn. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is what? Eternal life. Eternal life through Jesus Christ. What do we mean by eternal life? What do we mean immortality? A life that doesn't end. A life that's no longer subject to death. The little death plays a role. It's not really the end. It's just a kind of new birth. It's all a gift. Immortality. I mean, it would be a shame to be given this gift, this gift, the gift of your life, and then told, oh, yeah, but it, it's got an expiration date. That, that creates this dread anxiety. You know, I got I to gotta get it all in. I got to do everything. And, and, it's always, and no matter what, you know, no matter how good it is, the end is always looming. Death anxiety. Well, but what if, 
What if God says, no, 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 no. Once, once I've invited you to the party, it's, you know, we're going to make it last. The gift of immortality. Second, second Timothy 1.10, Jesus Christ has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. The, the summons into being is ultimately an invitation into the immortal life of God. The human telos is to eventually participate in the divine nature, 2 Peter 1.4, which involves immortality. It's all a gift. And the greatest gift of all is the final promise that at the end of all things, God will be all in all. The final end of Paul's eschatology is that God may be all in all, 1 Corinthians 15, 28, so that if you can accept it, if you can see what it means, there's a sense in which the end is all God, the, the end is nothing but God loving God. All of his creation invited into participation in the divine nature of love so that we're invited to share in the internal life of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I mean, how else could the story end when the story is the good and perfect gift that comes down from above from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation nor shadow of turning? Again, verse 18, James 1, 18. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits, a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Humans, we humans are part of God's creation, of course, but we occupy a special place. We are the first fruits, the vintage, the prized possession of God's creatures. It is human beings more than any other creature who are to bear the image of the creator. Creation is God's gift to creation, but it is humanity as the first fruits of creation who are rational enough to give thanks. I mean, those squirrels and birds in my backyard, they're blessed to be and to do their squirrely and birdy things. But I occupy a little higher level of God's creative endeavors and that I'm rational enough to say, thank you, God. Thank you. And won't betide me if I don't. I mean, that's part of my job. I mean, the, the birds sing their songs and, I, and I'll call it praise to God, but I'm not sure they're as cognizant of it as, as maybe we are or should be. And so it, it's just, I think it's part of our most lofty vocation just to, on a regular basis, say, God, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. I praise you, God. I worship you. Thank you. You're so good. You're nothing but good. You're, it's true. No variation, no shadow of turning. Every good, good, every perfect thing, it comes down from you. God, I thank you. First fruits. But first fruits really does mean first fruits. The Apostle Paul uses that term when he speaks of the house of Stephanus as the first fruits in Achaia. This is this Roman province in the area of Corinth. 
And he says that the house of Stephanus are the first fruits in Achaia, the first Christian converts in that Roman province. That's what he's saying. So what if humans are the first fruits of God's creation? I mean, the house of Stephanus were the first fruits in Achaia, but they weren't the last. They were just the first. They were the first, but then more and more got in. Well, what if humans are the first fruits of God's creation, but only the first fruits? Because eventually, perhaps, all of creation will awaken to some kind of God awareness. Perhaps someday, quite literally, all of creation will awake to praise the creator. And what we're told in Revelation 5 perhaps actually comes to pass. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them I heard saying blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. It's all a gift. All of it. Being, creation, your life, forgiveness, immortality. And the final promise that at the end of all things, God will be all in all. It's all a gift. Amen. Stand up with me. Let's come to the gift of God offered through the flesh and blood of his son. Join with me in confessing our Christian faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now join with me in confessing our sins. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name, amen. And God is gracious to all who confess their sins and in humility ask for mercy because it's all a gift. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are freely forgiven. And this is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you who have not been here long. You who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. The body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. Amen.